0: thechairshot.com always use your head
1: the following is brought to you by the social suplex podcast network warning the outsider's edge contains
0: strong opinions unconventional views and contrarian stances listen if you dare hey yo Of the Outsiders' Edge. It's your boy, once again, Ranceka A. Ray Cash, and I am here after a very busy Survivor Series weekend. First, let me introduce my uh, brother in arms, my Golden Lovers brethren, Mr. Kyle Morris. What's happening, man? How you doing?
1: Good evening. Happy Thanksgiving to all of our folks out there in listener land. It is a good holiday. That's what I'll call it. Good holiday.
0: Well, you, the, you you had – it was right there for you. You could have said glorious. It was right there for you.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, I don't want to give face Bobby Roode any kind of credit. He turned, <laughs> uh, or just Bobby
0: Roode in general. <laughs> you mean future tag team champion Bobby Roode. And, that's by gross. the way yeah,
1: – On Raw, where the tag team division <laughs> is so trash, they couldn't even beat SmackDown.
0: Uh, well, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. Because, yeah, the only team that Raw lost on was the tag teams. But I know you guys heard another voice. Yes, the forgotten prodigal son is back. He's returned. Welcome back, your boy Carl Irvin. Carl. Yeah. Hey.
2: I'm like the I'm like a guest now. I just show up sometimes as a guest. That's basically what I am.
0: No, let me tell you what you are. You are you're Stephen A when he's in studio. Because that shit never
2: happens. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Never happens. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Yeah,
1: that's all about on assignment.
2: That's amazing. I didn't even think about that. That's really wow. good that's a good that's solid. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, w- welcome. You know, thanks for having me. I um, Thanksgiving. I want to talk about Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving.
0: Are you cutting? You a said a it was. A, you said it was a great holiday. Huh? Are you going to cut a promo on Thanksgiving? <laughs> well, I might. Cut you know, just, on, just let me finish. All I right. want to
2: say that we were just talking about how Thanksgiving is this glorious holiday, right? This is the first year in forever. I think I'm not actually having like a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. We are going and the elite will be proud. We are going to fucking Crackerboro for Thanksgiving <laughs> this year. Fucking First crackle. time in my like I can I don't even think I've ever gone out to eat on Thanksgiving in my life. Nobody wants to cook this year. We're all busy and tired and like fuck this,
1: we're going to Crackerboro. You, you're a fucking hipster, bro. We'll be making a delicious Thanksgiving meal and I will eat everything that he makes and i will be very grateful for that i'm grateful for cracker Bro. and you know here's the thing the server doesn't know because i always pick
2: up the tip when we go like when my family goes places they always they bought they'll pay and i'll grab the tip i used to wait tables so the server doesn't know it's a holiday and i hated working holidays when i waited tables she's got a uh, 50 spot waiting on her
0: hey if you that if day you, since you're feeling froggy why'd you why'd you bump to 100
2: you i well you know i'm not that rich Not rich at all, really. So I may may drop it down to forty, just thinking about the fact that I said fifty. So you know, the people don't know that because you're working all day.
1: i I'll take (laughs) fifty dollars. Well, I mean,
2: you're not doing anything, so I don't. You know, you just right now you're just
1: sitting there in a chair,
2: so I don't know. Like,
1: not just you're going to bring me a delicious meal tomorrow, Kyle. Not just any chair, a handmade Amish rocking chair.
2: Yeah, but you didn't hand make it. I mean, come on.
1: It was made by real Amish people in Amish country because my mom's old school.
0: Why do the Amish only just build <laughs> furniture? Because they're badass at furniture. But like 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 what would the world be like if the Amish were like they created Hewlett Packard and Apple? Well then they wouldn't be very Amish because that kinda goes against the whole no electricity. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's a fair point. That's true. That's a fair uh, point. Well y'all We're off to we're off to a good start. I'm saying I know you guys listen to hear wrestling, but when 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 Carl is here, you know, shit goes Can't. left.
2: Well know. Carl doesn't watch wrestling, so I have to go off topic. This is a good
0: point. <laughs> a wrestling podcast host who doesn't watch wrestling. Well you know what where you know what wrestling he should have watched this weekend? Takeover. Look at the journalist over here. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so, if you lived on, if you're living under a rock, Survivor Series weekend just finished. Um, NAC Takeover on Saturday, War Games, Survivor Series, uh, the 32nd edition, um, on Sunday. Of course, we're on SmackDown Monday or Tuesday. Uh, so, I mean, we're going to kind of run through the shows. We're not going to give you a full-fledged review because every other podcast world has done that. But NAC Takeover War Games. I don't know how they continue to up the quality of each Takeover over and over and over again. You think that you can't go another level and then Triple H, aka Daddy Paul, finds another way to up the shit. So, um, y'all let me know, man. What did y'all think about the show? I want to
2: talk first because I didn't watch it.
0: Oh, okay. Well, this is going to be... I I just want to...
2: I know. I want to answer y'all's question. I want to answer your question about how they're able to up the game. I think what it is is... They've got so much talent right now that they're able to literally find guys who have chemistry everywhere. Like, I mean, Champion and Dream, right? Like, that's a match we haven't really seen before, right? So that's how they're able to up the levels. They're able to tell these stories because everyone seems to have chemistry together. There's just so – all these guys are so good from whatever walk of life they come from, whether it's the independent scene or – you know, Filvertine came from tough enough, you know? Like, I mean, these guys, they, the crop of talent is so good, it's, like, impossible for them to fail, well, it seems like, if that makes sense, you know?
0: Yeah, but impossible to fail is not something that you can say because there's many have who you thought have been impossible to fail and have failed. I think the biggest issue, and I'm going to hand it over to Kyle after I say this, but I think the biggest issue is that, number one, they're booking for a different audience so that their producers produce the matches differently than the main roster number one and number two um nxt is essentially a super indie so super indies book differently than main than mainstream companies unless your name (coughs) excuse me (coughs) (coughs) unless your name is new japan but um yeah they just they every the way they structure their matches or dare i say allow the talent to structure their matches is just way different than the main roster.
1: Well, I want to give them a shout-out for sneaking the formula into TakeOver. Um, we had mentioned how this TakeOver was originally going to break the formula because there were only four matches announced, and they snuck that Matt Riddle versus Cassius Ono match in at the very beginning of the show that lasted all of 20 seconds. and um, you would have missed it. Yeah. But they snuck that fifth match into that motherfucker and hit their formula.
0: And, and, and I love how, how Triple H said that, oh, well, we need the extra time because we got the two out of three falls match. This shit was over in like 17 minutes. <laughs> yeah, the two out of three falls match
1: was pretty short. Um, it was good. For though. me, match of tonight was Alistair and Johnny Wrestling. So,
0: um, yeah. Um, So, if you really want a good kind of recap of the Alistair story in that match go listen to Ricky and Clive they just dropped today Wednesday um but essentially Clive felt like the imagery was super not only heavy but important that him coming out with the demons uh with the uh horns if you will and one of his uh boots had demon horns on it was essentially him saying I still have one foot in hell and Johnny saying that you know uh, I'm sending I've, I was scared of the dark but I'm starting to like it here and Alster, being almost a satanic priest was like, no son, you're not ready to be in the dark yet which is why he hit the coldest line ever spit in a wrestling ring. I absolve you of your sins and he black masked the heel out of Johnny Gargano. He literally black masked the entire alignment out of a wrestler. It's, it must, and think about it—the black mass, it—the the imagery is so powerful if you put it all together. And yeah, that—that that, I'll never forget that match.
2: I want to interject a little something here. So this—this this got me. You just got me thinking. Like, it, it gets me on a little bit of—not a tangent, really—but like, okay, you know how independent wrestling fans? Okay, you know how some independent wrestling fans think they're smarter than everyone else?
0: Oh, that's why you had to fix that. Okay. I <laughs> see that. Oh
2: yeah. You know how they you know how they think that though? Yeah. Well, some of them think that. Do you ever wonder if this is why? Like we're breaking down this match, right? You know, you're breaking it down. Like he's he said this line and the imagery and like he kicked the heel out of him, right? Mm-hmm. And so the average fan probably doesn't really catch that stuff, right? None. And I think that's that's why independent fans think they're so damn smart is because they see this and they're like, Oh, the message, look at the message. You know what I mean? And I think maybe that's what gives them that, that willingness or that, um, I don't know what the right word is, but that want to, mm-hmm. to when someone who's a casual just says one thing, they're like, Oh, blah, 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 you know, and just start rabbling on about whatever the case may be and why they make shit on like an average fan for not being a real fan, quote unquote, or whatever. I don't know. If, like, it's just a connection that, like, when you said that, it kind of clicked in my head, you know?
0: Yeah. I'm sure that plays a part, but also, let's just say diehards, not independent fans, but diehards. I think it's more of a diehard thing. We look for that shit. Right. We're looking for the extra little piece. You know what I mean? Right. You, you feel me? Like, Kyle, like when we see especially like so you're notorious for explaining um, New Japan feuds to me and how even though they don't have any episodic way to to, to follow storylines you have to look at the little subtleties in the matches before the matches after the matches in the press conference in the entrance like the little subtleties and or or in the match they'll do a little spot or something that in so, and that's not something that you're a regular fan would think of, but because we're diehards, we look for that shit. You know what I mean?
2: Sure. I just don't think it, like, it necessarily gives the license for people to be dicks oh. just because, you know, they, oh, I noticed this one thing, and now all of a sudden I'm going to shit on, you know, Joe Blow number one, who's like, oh, NXT TakeOver was cool. You know, like, I mean, it's just, that's just kind of something that got me thinking
1: about just now. So, all but, Carl, I'm smarter than them, and my opinion matters more. I know. That's, that's my whole point.
2: That's, that's what I'm saying. I, I just wish there weren't so many smart fans out there that are dicks, because, like, it, it hurts the community as a whole when, like, you come at people with that whole, like, I know more than you about this, that, and the other. It's cool to know shit. Just don't, like, put yourself on a
0: pedestal. That's all I'm saying. I think that thought process jumped the shark when we thought we knew more than the actual fucking wrestlers who wrestle. Right, yeah, that's fair. People like people, people who do
1: that shit drive me fucking nuts. Yeah,
0: like,
1: you only know so much. Stop armchair
0: quarterbacking. Yeah, the spot you did was wrong. Here, you should have done this, bitch. I did the spot. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but Alster Black, Johnny Gargano was not only tremendously powerful from a story perspective, but as one of the hardest hit. That might be the best striking WWE match in years. Maybe ever. Because the striking was impeccable. It was brutal. It was dangerous. I felt like I needed to take a few Advils after the match because I was hurting just watching them. Uh, there's a part where Johnny Gargano does a dive. And this was his second dive of the match. And Alistair catches him with a flying knee as he's diving. And there's no way to, to, to catch that shit. That's straight knee on jaw. And like... Whew. um, Yeah, so you think that's the best match of the night, Kyle? Yeah, for me, that was my
1: match of the night. Um, nothing against the War Games match, but like, I don't know. I thought that match was the most story-driven and the most clean.
0: Well, tell me how you feel about War Games because you know the new War Games with the top being off, and they went back to the original rules in that it's alternating guys and not the whole team since it's four and four. But, you know, with the top being off and – allowing for a lot of high-flying, even though that's where the business is now. A lot of older fans who watch the old-school um, war games, like in the 80s and shit, kind of got issues with it. What did you think?
1: I don't have issues with that. My thing with war games is kind of my same thing with, like, Hell in a Cell and a lot of the other, like, more hardcore gimmick matches is you they're not allowed to be super hardcore anymore. And I'm not saying that they should be like beating the shit out of each other the way that they did 20 years ago because like we know enough now about how fucking bad that is for your long-term health that I understand why they don't allow that, but it takes away a lot of the impact to some of these gimmicky matches, in my opinion. Um, and once again, I will say that I was not impressed with the utilization of both rings. They could have utilized both rings better.
0: I think they did a damn good job of it as compared to last year. Oh, especially, they did better than last year, for sure. Especially, yo know, that... So, I'm, uh, clearly you guys know this, but I'm big on imagery, right? The shit matters, the shit you remember. Moments. That moment where Team faces on one side and the Unspeater arrows on the other and they all stand up and they, like, start walking towards each other. Yo, that's some shit that's going to be played back on every replay until the end of time. Like, oh, that, that was, was
1: awesome. Spot. That was a great spot.
0: Uh, Can you imagine Pete Dunne wrestled that entire match with a broken bone in his foot? Fucking crazy, man. I
1: mean, Pete Dunne's a badass. I don't know why this why this surprises you. I know everybody else is going to be like, oh, Ricochet is their favorite person from Team Face, but nah, man, Bruiserweight all the way.
0: Bruiserweight is yes. I, for me, I like Bruiserweight more than Ricochet. But Hanson, I think, might have been the MVP of that match.
1: I told you he would be.
0: You did listen you to
1: the show. I told you he would be. Warbeard Hanson is a badass. He is the nimblest big man they got right now.
0: 300 pounder doing springboards and shit. Like, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah, moving around like a cruiserweight. The, the second he got into the ring, like maybe two minutes afterwards, he was the second guy to come in for Team Face. He did a minute's worth of running clotheslines into the corners. Like, a minute's worth not slowing down. And to start the match. The match was almost 45 minutes. Yep. You know what I mean? So, um...
1: Anybody who's seen War Machine you know in me. any of the other companies that they've worked in is not surprised by that. No. Was bad.
0: Yes, they and they, they prove themselves and they will be getting a tag title shot again, yeah. them, I imagine.
2: The first um, time I saw War Raiders, yeah. uh, was it like some random-ass indie show?
0: You and what? I remember they
2: were, yeah. yeah, they were, they were, um, this one was in Oklahoma city and they were wrestling the Hardy boys. Uh, when, oh, like, when, yeah. when Matt was still in TNA when and I was
1: in world tour.
2: Yeah. And so, um, I remember thinking like, who the fuck are these guys? Like I've never seen them before. These guys are incredible. Like even working with the stiff ass Hardy boys who like can barely move anymore. You know what I mean? I was, Thoroughly impressed. So yeah, I kind of had a feeling as soon as they got called to jump ship to WWE that they were going to be pretty special anyway. So I know a lot of people don't really see. I seem Seems like a lot of people aren't as here for them as I thought they might be though.
0: Well, there was a lot of. So, wrestling fans are a lot like indie music fans in that they want, if they ever, if if their band ever gets the big contract, they want them to be who they were when they were indie, right?
2: Oh yeah. Okay. War
0: Machine had War Machine had to change a little bit. First one was the name to War Raiders pissed a lot of people off, even though it's the most simple change to ever, you know. Um,
1: it's just copyright thing. That's all it that
0: is. Key. Yes, and I mean, and again, War Machine is a copyrighted name with Marvel. He's a superhero, so like, would have been hard to kind of copyright that to sell merch.
2: There's also some connotations with that dude who beat up.
0: Um, don't start there. You know, so I don't because I because I had me and Peter Rosenberg were like fighting back to back. Oh yeah, day. no,
2: no, I'm not like. <laughs> I just that might also yes, factor into your maybe. decision to change By, your name, you know.
0: Possibly. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk about Champa Dream for a second, but I have to mention that Eo Shirai is amazing. This chick did a first and foremost. She jumped. She jumped to the out. Oh, she jumped to the top rope. Then did so full,
1: such a smooth little transition up to the top.
0: Yes, and, and went to the top, and then a full moon in skinny jeans and heels.
2: Saw that picture, amazing <laughs> picture. If you haven't got seen like, if you haven't seen it. The picture is perfect because she's like, when she's the way she, she when she flips, when she's vertical. Yeah, it's like war and games, in between <laughs> like she's in between it. And you can like you can see the the board up there, you know, the the whatever you want to call that, Titan Tron thing or whatever. It's amazing.
0: So yeah. I t- so I you. told I told y'all that it was gonna be Team Four Horsewomen versus Team Japan. I was wrong. It's not Team <clears throat> Japan, it's Team Oceania.
1: Yeah, because uh Deco-a, the the yeah. jobber <laughs> extraordinaire of the women's division.
0: The No, she is. Hang she, out, absolutely so she is. That's this ass whooping. She absolutely is the job extraordinaire. She's she's there to kick a few people and keep losing.
1: Yep, she's there to make some kicks and to catch some ass Whoop!
0: Hey, hey Carl, Scott- you want to say something?
1: Nah, I did not say nothing. <laughs> she does have a nice finisher though if she ever, you know, gets to win a match.
0: I don't know, man. <clears throat> like it yo, so it it just it just does, it's, it's 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 it doesn't look realistic enough for me. And I don't mean like she needs to actually it, it's, it takes too much to get to it. It's cool, it's different, but damn, it takes a lot to get First to it. First of
2: all, Dakota is the Kingslayer. I know y'all saw the video game. I know you saw her beating up on in, Seth Rollins in the video game. In She's the new Kingslayer.
0: Yes, in fake wrestling, sure.
2: <laughs> well, wait, what?
0: <laughs> it's a, <laughs> it's all going. fake keep wrestling. Going. Keep going, keep going, keep going.
2: I'm not defending Dakota Kai tonight. You are. You
0: guys. We, we understand
1: that you have an opinion and that it's wrong.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> um, we don't have to spend too much time on this. Problem. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: I was going to say it's not his fault. We all know that only one per- or one group has the correct opinion on everything.
0: And who is that, Kyle? The tongue.
1: The tongue.
2: Independent wrestling fans.
1: Oh, please, No. No. God no no, no. Tongans. tongans. They're yes. right. What's wrong? We is, love them.
0: This is the point of the show where we defer all, seed all, everything to the Tongans. Yes. Yeah. No smoke wanted. None. Um, we don't have to talk about this too long because you know Takeover was great. You could say, you, you could just keep talking, because gushing over it. But I do want to talk about a little bit about Champa and Dream. Uh, just little things in that match. We all know Velveteen Dream was a star. We know that. But I love the little fact that, take away all the Hogan stuff, which we know why he does that. That's a big troll to the dude. But he did a Triple H, Arn Anderson, Spongebob, He did a Shawn Michaels Kip-Up. He did, uh, the ring post figure four like Bret Hart. He did the real figure four in the ring like, like, uh, Ric Flair. He did the top, top rope uh double axe handle to the floor like savage. That was really his love letter to wrestling. He just said, I'm just going to, like, I was waiting for him to do a Stone Cold Stunner. Well,
1: and I'm just, I, I know this wasn't part of that, but I just will say that I mark out for his, uh, rolling Death Valley driver every time. The every time. I love it. I the
0: love that The rolling Death Valley driver and the, uh, spinning, flipping DDT. Yeah. Moves. Yes.
2: yes. I have a question about Dream though, while we're kind of on the subject. First of all, two questions. Mm-hmm. With Dream, he's done the Hulkamania thing, and now he's done Hollywood Hogan. Mm-hmm. Of course, they were in L.A., you know, it makes sense for him to do Hollywood there. But my question is, we know that Hogan appeared last at Crown Jewel. He's been around recently. Um, and they let, obviously, Dream's, I don't, I don't feel like Dream is walking out of the curtain wearing that attire without getting a marked by somebody. So, it feels like if he's trolling Hogan, I'm just curious who else in NXT doesn't give a fuck about Hogan's opinion that allows that to happen. Because I feel like, it, I mean, Triple H? I don't know. Well, like I don't.
0: Well, can I answer that real quick? Kyle may have something to say, but I want to answer that. Number yeah. one, Triple H really believes in artistic expression. So, he lets them do pretty much what the fuck they want. Number two, the fact that you said that they can't just walk out there and nobody knows is not true. Because remember when they were in Brooklyn and he had called me up Vince on his ass? Nobody knew about that.
2: Yeah, that's fair. But, I mean, you, when you walk through that curtain, though, someone sees it. I guess yeah, maybe it's just too, too late. late. It's too late yeah. at that point. <laughs> you about to the walk other thing I wanted to say time. about Dream is we've talked about this before, and I think you and I have – we've all kind of agreed that it doesn't really matter if Dream wins, really, because of who he is. But you think that'll play well if he ever win not, – not if – when he moves up to the main roster – Like, do you think that it's going to play well, that he's going to, like, be in all these matches but never really gets the better of anybody? Well. I think uh, it works in NXT because of who he is, I think. But I'm wondering how that will translate. What do you guys' opinion is?
1: Alignment change. Or at least a formal alignment change.
2: Right.
0: Yeah, he's he's full-on baby now. I think the issue is, 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 is twofold. Number one, what is the character's motivations? Right. That's a big part of it, right? Before, before he turned face, if you will, <laughs> whether it's pseudo face or de facto face, whatever it is, he just cared about the spotlight. Right. Now he seems to care about actually winning. Um, so that's one, that's one thing. And number two is how does he lose? That matters. You know what I mean? Sure, yeah. You're no. Getting screwed over and over and over again. Like, I don't think it's that big a deal, but like the way he lost, he, he took him to the limit but the way he lost that night, it looked like he just barely lost, but it was still clean as fuck. Right. You know what I mean? So, I don't think he's devalued in the eyes of the fans. But And then, you know what? This this group of fans nowadays, bro, like, Johnny Gargano never wins. That's true. Yeah, no, I'm with you. You know? I'm just, I'm
2: just to me, like, I still think of it in my, my own mentality, you know? Like, I don't really care about wins and losses that much. But... I do think you know you kind of like he's got to he's got to hit the, he's got to hit it big at some point. Like I don't think it's just going to continue to be
1: as though he wins more than you think he does. Like I think he's like two and two at Takeover or something four, like four. that. Right? Four. I mean, okay, so he only wins one, two out of four, but still, he wins every now and then.
2: One, well, I mean, I'm sure he wins on NXT like the actual show quite a bit.
0: My my problem well, with is this- expect him to win, he wins. Yes. My problem with the takeover matches is that he he the two people he beat were Cassius Ono and EC three.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: He, like he lost <sighs> to Alistair Black and Geeky. Yeah, right. He lost to Alistair Black, which he took him to his limit, but Alistair Black is a force next um, to Alistair, Alistair Black
2: lost like once
0: lost Alistair Black
2: twice.
1: The goal of that storyline was to get him to say his name. Exactly. And yeah. Aleister Black yeah. said his name. So he didn't lose. Yeah, he yeah. Lost.
0: no, I, no, that is that's he fair, lost yeah. the battle, won the war. Yes, right. Um, he lost in the six man, which uh, nobody faults him for that because it was a six man ladder match. No big deal. The Ricochet loss, I feel, was the one that was like, eyed. And don't get me wrong, Ricochet should have won that match, but that match was about, I deserve the spotlight more than you do. And then of course he lost this to Champa. I mean, everybody's going to
1: lose to Champa, man. Schizophrenic Champa, who's talking to the belt? Well, it's kind of
2: like the thing. Like, you talk, you say, like, and I'm not trying to get it back into the whole Ricochet. Like, I try to have an argument about this. But, like, I would actually, personally, because I prefer Dream's character over Ricochet's, uh, and like, in and a lot – like, way more. Because Ricochet's character is kind of well, – whatever. It's kind of library to me. So, I don't like – I don't – I man. think, like, Dream is so, like – layered and like there's so much behind him like for me personally you know i feel like ricochet i mean he is what he is i like him and everything but dream to me is like but i feel like he's got it but i could be i mean i could be wrong you know i don't i don't know
0: but the difference is dream has more years to still cultivate who he is
2: that's true ricochet
0: is 30 plus years old and is 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 really yeah he's he's he's, like he's he's like like 15 years
2: well, I mean, TJP wrestled for 15 years, and he started at like 14. So I was just like, if, to me, I like, I didn't realize Ricochet was in his 30s. I thought he was in his late 20s, maybe.
1: No, oh, a lot of those dudes are in their 30s. Like all of the Undisputed Era guys are over 30.
2: I believe that. I know Fish is like no, I lied. Adam like,
1: like 28. I lied.
2: Okay, that's fair. I mean, that's a good point, Rance. I yeah didn't even think about the fact so, that he's like 23 or something like right. that. Like,
0: and and he came into the match a bigger star. Right, so and again, like I understand booking for the future, but the beauty of, the beauty of that story was, again, they've booked him so perfectly because he's not losing matches he wanted to win. He's losing match, except for this <clears throat> Champa match is the first one he, that he lost, he wanted to win. The matches he lost, the, the big ones, the Ulster match and the Ricochet match, are more about my spotlight. I, I want something specific out of this story.
2: Right. I feel like he's kind of like and we're going to talk about Survivor Series in a minute but it's, in a lot of ways to me he kind of feels like the antithesis of like Braun Strowman what I mean by that is like Velveteen can lose a match and it's all good because he still comes out looking amazing every single time but nowadays with Braun every time he loses he just kind of looks like a fucking idiot
0: you want like that's you know what I mean? You want me to explain that one Kyle or you want to take that one? Um I mean I'll
1: let you have it because you're the raw guy
0: the Braun issue is simply this. Braun dominates everything and everybody every day of the year. And then when he comes to lose, he loses in the most dramatic, easy way possible. You know, not easy, but it's always dramatic and ridiculous or it's too... Like, he like he got taken out of a match because he got thrown in a trash compactor. Right. Or, you know, or, or Lesnar beats him with one F5. Or then Lesnar beats him with five F5s and his only move he gets in a match is a kick. You know, so like that's why people look at him like you you dominate everybody every year, every every day of the year, and then all of a sudden when you lose, it's the dumbest you loss lose. ever. Yeah. Yes. So that's his issue. So his losses are hard to overcome because he wins all the fucking time. When right. you're even kill, like Brian loses all the time, but we never think he can, but we think he can win every match because he's always in that same level. Sure. I mean, like that. Let me use Roman, for example, Roman, not pay-per-view, but like on regular TV, rarely ever lost. Right. So that meant any loss he took mattered. Right. But the losses he takes, they mattered because he's not losing in ridiculous ways. He's just getting beat by somebody's best night. Bronze Lewis is losing in ridiculous, stupid ass ways.
2: Right. Yeah. Enough to annoy us.
0: Enough to annoy him out. I, if I was Bronson, I'd be pissed.
2: Oh, I no mean, shit.
1: Because it amounts to character assassination in a lot of ways.
0: And the fact it, it it's it's a testament to how over he really is that his character isn't wrecked. And I'm not Yet. one of those guys. You've never no, I don't think it will ever be wrecked because it's over and because he'll he'll do a street. He'll do he'll flip a he'll flip a table or he'll flip, he'll pull <laughs> down Titan yeah. or he'll flip over the arena. He'll do something crazy.
2: Well, I do think he's going to get his eventually anyway. I just don't, like, we've all, we've talked about this ad nauseum that they had a chance to strike when the iron is hot. We're not going to go there. Like, he'll be okay, you know, we think.
0: Yeah. Um, we don't really have to go out through all the Survivor Series. The, I mean, we need we need to talk about these main, these main matches, though. Uh, I'll give both of you guys something to talk about because Mr. Morris is, he, he, uh, he sits at the. She sits at the throne of Queen Rebecca. And, I, I
1: worship at the altar of Rebecca Queen.
0: Yes, and Mister Irvin, he sits at the throne of Miss Flair.
1: The
2: actual queen, right? So seven-time women's champion. Don't forget it.
0: You guys fight, Charlotte <laughs> and Rhonda, Tell me what you thought. Where are we going? The whole night. What y'all think?
2: I want to hear Kyle's opinion first, cause I know.
0: I think it's
1: cute how Charlotte is like Becky Light. <laughs> okay, all right. So, oh, I, feel like, that's, oh I feel like that's... I feel like that's all I had to say about that. <laughs>
2: no, go ahead, Kyle. If you have more to add, please, please. If please, you guys saw how oh, charged no, we just uh,
1: got. The I want to add is I think it's really interesting the way the crowds have started reacting to Rhonda. Like, that's really interesting.
0: She got her heat back Monday, though. You don't watch Raw. She got her heat back very quickly and easily Monday.
1: Yeah, because she's going after Nia Jax now. and no, like it had nothing to do with Nia. It, 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 I,
2: after,
0: it had nothing no. to do with
2: Nia. I have a rebuttal her. to that theory about Ronda real quick before – because, Rance, I know you'll have something to say about it. But, like, so the thing about with this whole Ronda thing, and the reason why I'm not so much on board with your thought on that is, like, now, I know beforehand, like, Becky's been dragging her a lot, and Ronda's terrible at Twitter. Um, so that's part of it, I think.
1: Ronda's defense, I think right now, literally everyone loses to Becky at Twitter because, yeah. like... Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Her game is, like, beware, do not trespass, will get owned.
2: But I want, I want to remind everyone that when they have these big four pay-per-views, they spend four or five days in a town, and these crowds that they go to typically act differently. I know yes, it's very JB. It. J- yes, I know it's it. very JBL of me to say that. Like they boo who they hate, or they boo who they love, or they cheer who they hate, or whatever. But like it's kind of true, yeah. you know. Like over over the time period, like so. Like if tomorrow they were in like Eat Shit Illinois, and Ronda comes out for Monday Night Raw, she's still going to get pops. You know, because that's why I don't think I don't take too much stock into those big four pay-per-view weekends where, like, they're doing all the shows in one city and this, that, and the other. So I'm not really with you on that completely. A little bit. I do think Ronda's... I mean, Becky is undeniably the hottest thing in WWE right now, in my opinion. In terms of, like... And I don't mean hot as in, like, hot because she is hot. But, you know, (laughs) just, like, everything that's going on with her right now. I mean, whether it's... Somewhat by luck, because Nia clocked her in the fucking face, you know. But outside of that, she's the best thing. Women's wrestling is the best thing in WWE right now. Period. I don't. If someone wants to argue with me, that's fine, but you're gonna lose that argument. Yeah. My thing is, I admire Charlotte. Okay. The reason why Charlotte is still the queen, and why she's not Becky Light is because the good thing is Becky serves as a vehicle for Charlotte to realize she's been making all the wrong moves lately. Charlotte went and she's trying to, like, be a good guy and all this. That's not that's not a flair. That's not what flares do. How often was Ric Flair ever a good guy? Think about it. Charlotte. And not, not to mention, there's no way in hell Becky would have pulled off that beating on Ronda Like Charlotte did. I'm sorry. Charlotte is actually like an imposing woman. Like when she was beating the shit out of Ronda, I was like, this is legit. Like I, I believe this, you know what I mean? I don't wouldn't, I don't think I would get that out of Becky. If Becky were to pull the same stunt, you know, outside of, I mean, with, with the, with the takeover thing that happened the week before, that's fair. But I don't know. I think this is a really good, and actually what I think we're leading to, and I don't, a lot of people think they're going to get Charlotte and Ronda again at Mania. I think we're probably going to get a triple threat at Mania. Is probably what we're going to get. That would be my guess. Uh, between those three, uh, I mean, that's what I would. I would love to see it, you know. But yeah,
0: but I but I just I I don't have a problem with triple threats and stuff. But I just kind of want to see at Mania singles.
2: With oh men, sure, for a while. Sure. I mean, i be it, all it about either way, multi women. Either uh, way, but right now I feel like well, the way this is going. It's going to be difficult to deny all three that one spot.
0: No, that's a, good, that's a fair point. You know? So so let me let me respond to Kyle first. Um, Ronda got her heat back Monday and had nothing to do with Nia. She went out there and she talked about how uh, she got her ass beat. She got beat down, but she got back up. And if you're a real champion, then you can't take any days off. And you you got to fight her. You got to do this, that, and the other. And she said, I'm defending my title tonight. So somebody bring a couple, somebody come out here so I can rip your arm off. Corbin came out.
1: Huh? Can I say I feel some type of way about her wrestling on Monday after she did, after they did that chair spot on Sunday?
0: That's the, so yes, I hate that too. And um, I just got serious, serious XM radio. So I was able to listen to Busted Open and Bully Ray went in depth about that. He said that everything about the beatdown was awesome except for the chair spot because she got up. So I'd have rather her that her not step on the chair and crush your yeah, marks. take that part yeah. out of and it. Out. and it would have been perfect. So I agree with you 100%. I hate that shit too. But um, so she she called out somebody to come out. Corbin came out and said, I, "We can't do this. We're not gonna do this now." And she said, "Well, look, if you don't bring somebody out here to to fight me, how about I just beat your ass instead?" The crowd lost their shit. And Corbin was like, "All right, I'm gonna get somebody, but we're gonna have a new world women's champion." So they come back from break, Mickey James came out, they had a nice little five minute match, Rhonda won. She got her heat back. She was, was cheered again by unanimously by everybody. The the problem with Rhonda is Rhonda's Twitter game has been killing, yes, because Becky's Twitter game is legendary right now. But it's not that they it's not that they dislike Rhonda. They just like Becky more. And, you know, we're 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 taught in wrestling that if it's two people Unless it's like two legends, and I love Becky. I'm sorry, but she's not legendary yet.
2: Nope.
0: That uh, you know, somebody got to be booed, somebody got to be cheered. So we're gonna over cheer Becky because she's so hot right now. But Rhonda's not being booed because they don't like her. I don't think she's reached that point yet. Okay. Um, There's no,
2: there's no rebuttal. I'm just curious. I was waiting. No, I mean, I I agree with that 100%. I I think one thing that is fair to like... What's
1: that? That I don't watch Raw enough to care.
2: No, no, that's fair. But I think that (laughs) the thing is, like, we're talking about three people right now and I feel like we really should kind of include Nia in this conversation. I'm not saying she is on their level, but I feel like I got nod by both of y'all, but like, we're not giving any, like, she deserves a little credit here because I think first of all, the punch thing, she doesn't get credit for that. Cause obviously to me, that was an accident, but the way they've they're using that to her advantage or the way she's using that to her advantage, I think is extremely important I agree because you. She, you know what I mean? I think it's a good way for her. And like, cause everybody's so sensitive about this stuff. We've talked about this kind of thing before. Like everyone's like, it feels like, why are y'all so sensitive about this? Like they yeah. don't realize this is like the best thing that could have happened for Naya. And in a lot of ways, it's the best thing that happened for Charlotte because if Becky doesn't get caught in the face. Charlotte stays the lame ass, whatever she is, doesn't get this opportunity to do what she did on Sunday. I feel like all of this that happens, even though it was by kind of obviously by chance works out well for everyone. You know what I mean?
0: Can't. Okay. Well, first and foremost, Nia is not going to get mentioned because at the end of the day, she's not going to be a part of this feud. When it comes down to it, in March, yeah. April, she's not going to be part of this. Number two, yeah, sure, um, Nia—they—they've they, done well with with Garner taking something that was negative and getting heat behind it. But you talk about the sensitivity. Let me explain to you why. It's because it's it's favoritism. Because on on Monday night. Dean Ambrose said that the S.H.I.E.L.D. did terrible things and they all have to own up to what they did. And Roman is owning up to God for what he did in the S.H.I.E.L.D. Basically that God gave him leukemia because he did fucked up things. And yeah. Yeah, he got some heat, but like largely people didn't give a fuck because they like Ambrose and they don't like Roman. But Becky gets clocked in the face one good time. And Nia, because they don't like Nia, they like Becky. It's all favoritism.
2: Right. It's more of a consistency issue that you've preached for however long we've been doing this show, <laughs> you know, just be consistent with how. If you're gonna shit on Nia for that, we're not gonna not come after Dean necessarily, because who knows who the fuck wrote that for
0: him,
1: you know? But
0: but that's but that's foul as fuck. And uh, if yeah. don't get me wrong, it's, it's, it's wrestling. It's, and I don't, oh, go ahead, Kyle.
1: No, so that's real tasteless.
0: It's extremely tasteless. Now, I'm one of those people that it doesn't bother me so much if the person involved okays it. That's why the Paul Heyman thing, when they went after uh, Paul Bearer, was so tasteless because they didn't talk to Paul's son about it. So it was just, they just did it. That's why that was foul. I'm pretty sure Roman knows about this, so it's, I'm okay with it, at least in an extent if he's okay with it, but it's super fucking tasteless. It's not the most tasteless thing they've ever said. They had Randy Orton say that Eddie Guerrero wasn't hell. Yeah, You know? Like a couple months after he died. So they've done some tasteless things, but the point is But in fairness, picked... that's
2: something that sounds like something Randy Orton would actually say. It does. You're right. We don't know that Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose I don't I it felt he even like if you watch that
0: Yeah. He almost
2: seems a little disgusted by even saying that. You know what I mean?
0: But to be fair, and I know I, I know we're jumping guys, I'm sorry. But the the the, the Dean Ambrose if you haven't watched that WWE Chronicle with Dean Ambrose, it's so illuminating. And it, it's a, it's a bit of a, it's it's a little tough to get through because it's a lot of just dialogue and Ambrose isn't the most I don't want to say articulate, but he isn't the most verbose guy. Um,
2: he's an introvert.
0: He's a very intro he's very introverted in real life. John John Moxley John Good is is yeah um, introverted. But uh, but it's so illuminating to see how he thinks about things, even if this is in somewhat kayfabe, um, how the character thinks about things and how he feels about stuff. Um, But I feel like everything he's doing, he hasn't uh, he doesn't agree with everything he's doing, but he feels compelled to do it.
1: Right. Most interesting thing for me right now with those two is the beef between Corey Graves and Renee Young. When Graves grills her about Renee, what do you know? Where is he? Where is he? How do what do you mean you don't know? You know more than you're telling us.
2: Like, well, see, like, I'm, I'm okay with that, but I don't really like when they get announcers involved in the storylines that much. I mean, I get why they're doing it, because Renee's married to him, but yeah. I just don't get into that that much.
0: Here's the only issue I have with it, I think Kyle will. I think Kyle will agree with me. I hate to be this guy, but it feels a little sexist, because it's pillow talk. You know what I mean? Like, they wouldn't grill... So if it was... If it was um, Naomi having a real-ass beef with, uh, shit, any chick, any Charlotte, they wouldn't be like, hey, Jimmy Uso, what's wrong with your wife? Right. Yeah. And that's the only issue that I have with it, because it feels like it's a, well, you're a woman, you need to tell us what's going on with your husband.
2: And not only that, they've actually... Like, it's a good example, because with Jimmy and Naomi, we know they're married, and we know Renee and Dean are married, too, but they play up Jimmy and Naomi's marriage more on TV than they really do Renee and Dean
0: up until this point. Yeah, they're a couple in kayfabe, too.
2: If that makes sense. You know, they they haven't really played that up until now. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, hey, Renee, what do you know? It's like, that's kind of weird.
0: The first time they ever played it up was when Miz was talking shit to them, and Dean came and beat his ass.
2: Right, yeah, yeah. Well, she slapped... Yeah. Renee slapped Miz in the face. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of like, I feel like they play up Naomi and Jimmy a lot more as a couple. And that's why I think your point is valid because it's like all of a sudden we're like, oh, we're going to grill Renee all of a sudden. And like, I don't know that everybody's necessarily privy to that. Well,
1: you there, know, well, there are couples. I don't necessarily disagree. But again, I don't watch Raw consistently. So like, it's the little things that entertain me.
0: Yeah. They, uh, there are couples in K Fab couples in real life. Jimmy, Jimmy and Jimmy and Naomi have been on screen together as a couple right Russo and Lana are on screen together as a couple right you know what I'm saying like there are a couple Ms. And, Ms. like
2: if Maurice, you want to go yeah
0: Bree Bri and Brian when they were together Cena and Nikki, like they are sc- they are couples together on screen and then like they're a co- like uh Roe and Sarah Logan will never be on TV together they're not a couple in real life. Right, a couple in kayfabe, you know what I'm saying? Ty
2: Dillinger and Peyton Royce,
0: exactly. They're, yeah, they're, they're, it's never been announced on TV, so they're not a couple on kayfabe. So for all we know, we're talk, we're we're meant to believe that Peyton and Billy are together. Right. Um, and we just we go we've been all over the world today. Do y'all want to talk it's about my else it's, okay. it's my no, fault. Okay, my
1: fault. Because I mean, if we're being perfectly honest, Ron and SmackDown were both kind of mad this week.
0: They were reset shows. They were essentially reset shows. I do like the fact that, and we, we can talk about Brian uh, and Leslie for a second if y'all want to, but I, I do I, think it's funny that Daniel Bryan's heel turn was explained as, I was in the hyper chamber, and I, all of a sudden I got, I got all my mind back, and now I realize that I should be evil.
2: It, can't just Daniel- be, it, can't, it couldn't just be that Daniel Bryan's an asshole because he's a vegan, or Daniel- was a vegan. Promo. I love beats. That's all you had to say. We know you love beats. Everyone else hates them. You're a heel now. The end. Like he could have just done that.
1: Daniel but really Pr- Daniel Bryan's promo was him turning into Smeagol. That's what it was. <laughs> Referring to himself as a third fucking person, clutching the title and like talking to it. This motherfucker <laughs> was turning into Smeagol from Lord of the Rings.
2: Actually, I want I do what I want to talk about though, like I mean that's all good and dandy. I actually do want to talk about that, Brian, and Lesnar match. This is one of the only matches I watched. I know
1: I didn't you weren't— because I had no interest in it, so— But
2: that's—honestly, you guys get on me about how, like, you know, I don't watch this, that, and the other, and it's unfortunate, and it's hard. It, I think it's a little unfortunate that you didn't watch that match because I think if you watch it, what's interesting about that match, and I don't know— I want When, when Brock Lesnar dies, if, if I outlive God him, when, Brock, when he dies, <laughs> I hope he donates his brain to science. Because you always hear about Lesnar, like when Lesnar gives a shit about a match. He's one of the best. It, it's, yeah, he's one of the best, period. And I have spent countless minutes, hours on this show shitting on Brock Lesnar. And this is one of those instances where I can't. Because of course Brock Lesnar was going to win. Like, if you're actually upset, no offense, I don't know if you're upset about it, Kyle. No. But if you're like...
0: Kyle's issue is he doesn't give a fuck about either one of them right now. So he just... so And, and, and I love both of you guys very much, so I accept who you are, but I hate that aspect about both of you guys. If Kyle doesn't care about something, he's just not interested enough to watch it. I hate that. Right. But
2: well, here's the thing: he I don't I care about saying. Brian
0: or Brock either. But I watched I, that match.
1: I, I watch it, or would you rather I watch it and then bitch about how much I hate it?
0: I'd rather you watch what? it and bitch about how much you hate it. Because if you watch the match, no matter how much you bitch, no matter how much you want to bitch, you'd see that it was a tremendous match.
2: And that's that's my point because I don't care about Brock. Y'all know they, that, they, and yeah, Brian they can is not your really.
0: Mind. Things are a lot, that are a lot better than you expected it to be.
2: Was so well done, and I think. It makes me wonder why I talk about donating Lesnar's brain to science is why does he care so much about Brian? Does he care about that mm-hmm. match because Brian wanted that match so badly for a while or whatever? It's like a dream match of his. You know, like because he didn't give any fucks in like matches against Braun Strowman, you know, guys like that. Some ah uh, I thought he enjoyed working with Joe. I thought you could like he let Joe get That's some true. shit
0: in. That's true. At maybe, least. maybe it is just Braun. Maybe he just doesn't like Braun.
2: <laughs> maybe not. But the thing is, like the thing that was that match is so perfect. Cause in no world are you thinking Brian is going to beat Brock Lesnar. Of course not. But the way the match was structured so that he could have a shot was really, really good. I really like, I just thought it was perfect. And so it makes me just wonder about Brock Lesnar. Sometimes it's like, I hate you because you don't, you're not here that much. And Paul Heyman cuts the same fucking promo all the time. And you don't say shit. But then you have this match against Daniel Bryan, and all of a sudden I'm like, damn, if we got this Brock Lesnar like every time, and even if it was only once every couple months, if we got this Brock Lesnar, I would be so on board with the Brock Lesnar title ring.
0: You, you know what it reminds me of? What's that? And I hope this is a fair analogy. It's probably not. It's probably off in some way. Somebody's going to say that. But <laughs> um, Lesnar likes fighting smaller people because he can bump for him, and they can bump for sure. him. Right, it reminds me of Undertaker, like in his in the middle of his career, because Taker always was made to fight all the giants and had to be the bumper. Yeah, and Taker's best matches are with guys smaller than him. Sure, Mysterio and Guerrero and Angle and um, Michaels and even to an extent Triple H, because Tri- Undertaker essentially is this is gonna sound crazy as shit a seven foot cruiserweight, right? In lot of ways, yeah. Undertaker's best, the best thing about him as a wrestler was he was more, he was so much more agile and nimble than he should be for a 6, 10, 320 hundred and twenty pound dude. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely, which is why those sure.
0: matches are so great. So I feel like with Brock, when he has to fight a bigger guy, it has to be power Brock, and I got to do this and do that. But when he wrestles AJ, when he wrestles Brian and he truly respects those people as wrestlers and people, and and I think people. I think he really does like like those guys, like he'll bump he'll bump his ass off for him. Like when he hit the busiakuni, knee, like he flew across the damn ring.
2: Yeah. Well, the whole thing is, I mean, when Brian was hitting those kicks while he was just down on the ground, and Brian hits that one kick in the face and that second kick in the face, Brock sold it like he just got hit with a brick. And I'm and, like, all right, you know, like.
0: And can we say this? And Rick is gonna hate this. I'm sorry. When when he gives a fuck, we've admitted that he's one he's one of the best in the world. But Brock yes. Lesnar is easily one of the three best sellers in wrestling.
2: I would not disagree with you at
0: because all. He sells everything like he got shot.
2: Yeah, he does. I, I don't disagree. And that's the thing. The thing is, like, I loved Brock when he was in WWE originally. In the beginning, like, all, Brock was one of my favorites. But, like, we as we've all known with this run, they've made him out to be who he is. And so it's just so interesting to see that, like, he gets in the ring with Braun Strowman – and Braun gets a kick in. And now all of a sudden he gets in the ring with someone like Brian.
0: But also, you know. that's also the producers producing the match too. And I think, I want to say Kyle said this, and I, if it wasn't you, I'm going to give it to you anyway because it was really poignant. But uh, I believe he said that last week that the reason that so many of the diehards are so upset with Brock and how he's portrayed and booked in so much is because if you've seen him when he gave a fuck, then you see how... Sure. how depressing it is when he does it
2: that may yeah i mean that's it's true for those of us who actually grew up watching 22 year old brock lesnar out there you know and understanding what he's capable of you go back and watch brock lesnar versus kurt angle at wrestlemania you'll know brock
0: Brock and eddie
2: right Uh, i mean
0: oh my god brock even the brock big show matches oh sure yeah i mean that's,
2: that's that's kind of I, I think the
0: ring the first time Yes.
2: When I, when I when I say I hate Brock, I don't mean it like
0: no we, we you know all, what I mean we all we all understand we're tired of the same old same old same old the formulaic you know easily sleep repeat yeah. it's
2: very to me it's a lot it's a, in a lot of ways it's a little bit like Randy Orton because when Randy Orton gives oh, a Randy shit
1: Randy Orton just go away listen
2: when Randy Orton cares, Randy Orton is the man when Randy yeah. Orton does not care. Randy Orton is not the man. You but know Randy what I mean? Orton like,
0: Orton doesn't have only three spots. He doesn't match.
2: That's true. That's fair.
0: Go away, Randy Orton. Literally. Listen, Randy
2: Orton hit a sweet RKO on Tuesday. That was beautiful. And I ain't hear nothing about it.
1: You're right. That was a really sweet spot. But you know what? Randy and Ray and Jeff can all take their geriatric asses the fuck <laughs> off my TV.
2: Uh, I'm not going to get after Ray like that because he yet. looks pretty fucking good not right yet. now.
1: Give give it to me Randy and Ray can both still go, but I have no use for either of them in twenty eighteen. Now Jeff Hardy,
2: he gotta go. Someone's oh, no. gotta put him put him in a coffin and oh. deliver his ass to the wrestling gods. Oh. I'm done.
0: Ah. Are you saying it, that he needs to be deleted?
2: I wish.
1: I, I no, I'm saying that Jeff has literally slowly faded away and should classify himself <laughs> as obsolete. Obsolete? Very good. Well done. Him and the Big Show both like, like that's what I'm saying. Like Randy and Ray can both still go, but like those guys, I've got no use for them, and I don't like the way that they're like clogging up the mid card of SmackDown.
2: Let me ask you this, just a quick question, then, I, I find this interesting. What are your thoughts? And I, I don't know your thoughts on everybody, Kyle. We don't talk very much. We should talk more. You know, holler at me whenever you want to. Y'all have but,
0: numbers. I'm just saying.
2: Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, is is there a reason why – I'm just curious. I'm going to pick your brain a little bit. Is there a reason why Randy and Ray bother you so much, like it's the point where you have no use for them?
0: What is it about them? Randy in particular. Randy in
1: particular. Okay, it's 2018. Randy has been a consistent part of the card since like 2003. Right. And for a good portion of that, he was headlining every fucking show.
2: Sure. So answer just, me this, though, I'm then. just
1: fatigued on Randy Orton, and I have I get that. no care to see him at all in any capacity in the ring. Him but no. is
2: that Randy's fault?
1: I did, I'm not saying it's Randy's fault. I've no. never once said fuck Randy Orton as a human being. I mean, I'm not here for his MAGA shit.
0: Right. But,
1: at right right, right. but like, no, it's not Randy's fault. I just want the younger generation to have that spot on the card
2: so what are your thoughts about like someone like aj styles who's 40 ish you know and he's consistently been the WWE champ for the last year and a half
1: so first of all first of all if you listen to our show car you know i don't i know you
2: could just say that because you know i don't
1: (laughs) i've been out here in these streets talking about aj need to drop the title so like that's number one but number two the difference with AJ is at least within the WWE, AJ hasn't been there for 15 fucking years.
2: So, for for you, it's more about just that WWE universe itself more than anything else. Yeah. Not so much the fact that AJ like, was been Green around forever. To go
1: to fucking New Japan or some shit. Like, like, I'm not saying that he ever would, but if he were to go somewhere different and like do his same shit with different fucking people. Right, right. I could be here for that, but I'm done with Randy in the WWE. Well, I will say this.
2: One thing I don't like about what they do with Randy is they keep him with old hats. So Randy's feuding with Mysterio and then before that it was Jeff Hardy. Which
1: honestly, is making it worse for me because I'm just like, dude, I saw all of these feuds 12 years ago.
0: But the real, okay, same. so let per- me be, let I'm down. me, I'm sorry, I'm sorry if I start to top you, go ahead. No,
1: I was just saying like, I saw all of these feuds right now on well, SmackDown in 2009 because I'm a SmackDown Mark. So right. Been SmackDown Mark since the first brand split. So for me, I'm just like, oh, so we're just completely rehashing 2009. So maybe if they
2: ran Randy with different people that were more like younger in it.
1: Randy. No. I'm oh, not. okay.
2: So it didn't matter what they do with
1: Randy. Uh, with Randy. They could
2: run Randy versus Johnny Gargano or Alistair Black or Champa, and you're not here for it. Wouldn't
0: care. Done with Randy. That Randy. makes
2: me sad because I'd be here for that. But go ahead. I understand what, you, what, you, what you're getting at.
0: So let me say this and be Rans in how I'm always, I always am. Let me defend Randy in just this one instance. This current heel iteration of him right now. I love what he's doing because he essentially is erasing everything that makes all of the fan favorites. Them. He tried to literally erase Jeff's face paint and his charismatic and every persona. He was sick of Todd Dillinger doing the 10 chance. So he broke his fingers. He took the mask off of Ray. He's trying to eliminate all of the positive things of all the faces and make him. truth. R- I don't know, dog. May, maybe he's gonna give him a book and teach him how to like teach him. I was gonna say how to read. That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> <And give, laughs> That'd be that Boy Mayweather, part. not not our so truth.
1: Come character on. Character of himself. Like, let's be real. He I was, really
2: love. I think I hadn't really given that much thought to the, to what to the way Randy was kind of erasing people. So what you're saying is. If we finally get a good long AJ Styles Randy Orton feud, he's gonna cut AJ's hair, right? That yeah. fucking
0: soccer mom haircut. Essentially, that might be what he goes after. Yeah. Come so full circle, he's
1: the legend killer again. He is. He's come so full circle. He's the legend killer again. The thing is, he's all of legend. the people from his generation are
0: legends now, and he is. So how are you the yeah. legend killer when you're the legend? So you legend like, kill the
2: other legend so you can yeah. be the only legend. It's like Survivor. I like Randy Orton still. I don't like Randy Orton. I like Randy Orton in WWE.
0: Kyle, isn't that, a, isn't that a, a Greek mythology thing? Where like, didn't one of the gods kill all the other gods because he wanted to be the only one alive or something? Bro, in
1: Greek mythology, all the gods have killed all the other gods at least once or twice. Are you talking about Greek mythology or Marvel? Like, it's all the same shit. First I mean,
0: I don't like the way you said Marvel, okay? I, I don't like said. the way you said that. Um, uh, so, well, you know what? I think this is a good time to go off on a quick tangent and cede the floor to my my golden lovers' brethren, Kyle, by bringing us to everybody's favorite segment, Watch Carl Shit on a Ring of Honor. So... Kyle. So, the latest
1: in um, the sad, sad story of Ring of Honor is that um, even more of their talent are being courted by the WWE. Um, specifically, it's being reported now that uh, ACH is pretty much a lock to sign with the WWE and go to NXT. Um, and then there are also some rumors that Silas Young, the last real man, might um, also be interested in. And signing with WWE when his contract expires at the end of the year. Um, When you couple that with the reports about some of the trademarking being done by members of the elite. That seem to point to them potentially starting their own company when their deals all expire at the end of the year. And um, Ring of Honor has become the geek squad of wrestling. Like... This company is such a fucking dumpster fire, and I don't even know how to fix it at this point.
2: Are you talking about TNA?
0: No, ring no,
2: I'm kidding, because you said dumpster
1: fire, so I'll automatically go to TNA. No, but here's the sad thing. TNA's got more long-term, like, at least I can see where TNA is going to be in five years. I don't Where? know what Ring of Honor is doing this time next year. They're going to be the same TNA is going to be the same place they've been in for the last decade. TNA is the cockroach of wrestling. Not
2: paying their employees, I guess.
0: Not well, to pay them now. They, they pay them,
1: them. the people Canadian money. Nice. Nice.
2: What's that exchange rate? I'll go look it up real quick.
1: Hey, they getting paid. Like Ring of Honor is just the people that run Ring of Honor itself I think, know what they're doing. But Ring of Honor is being bankrolled by fucking morons. And they don't know how to properly invest in the company. And so it's being run like, like the worst kind of Bush League. MLW has more
0: momentum than Ring of Honor right now. MLW. Speaking of MLW, shout out to my boy Shane Swerve Strickland to possibly sign with NXT. That's a big move.
1: I mean, if we're going to mention N- MLW and just give shout outs, I'll give a shout out to MJF just because, like, he's MJF. I'll
2: give a shout out to MLW. I honestly couldn't even tell you what those three initials stand for.
0: Major League Wrestling, sir.
1: Don't worry about it, Carl. Don't hurt I me. won't. I will not worry about that keeps, at hey, all.
0: Keep the gimmick okay. alive, brother. Keep the gimmick alive. Gimmick? Are we sure? <laughs> Can we talk about. Can we talk about all the wrestling and talk about the fact that they're probably going to use my business plan I gave to them on how to beat Vince? <laughs> sure, Rance, take all the credit. I will.
1: It was all you all along. Well, no, that doesn't, so, that to, doesn't sound like Rant to be Austin. very egotistical.
0: It was me all along, Austin. Wait, wait a minute. Are you? Were you being sarcastic?
2: Who are you talking to? Me?
0: Fucking bitch. Oh. Uh. <laughs> I am not egotistical, okay? Rance
2: is out here on Twitter arguing with everybody. Uh, I love – my favorite thing about you, Rance, when I get on Twitter and I see you've responded to someone, I'm like, oh, it's a fight. (laughs) Like, it's an argument. Like, I don't even – like, you tweet something, like, it's just you tweeting, fine. But when I see that you've replied to someone, I'm like, oh, he's arguing with someone. Rance never responds to anybody. It's like, you know what? That's a great point, brother.
0: It's always something else. But if it's a great point, I don't have to say, say it's a great point. I'd give him the good old like. Well, sometimes sometimes we want
2: to, we need to hear it.
0: I don't think it's we. I think it's you.
2: It is. I wish you would say more nice things to me.
1: Okay, Carl, well, are you asking us to give you more positive affirmation?
2: I, I mean, it's one of the love languages, right? Isn't that one of the love languages, like positive affirmation or whatever?
1: I mean, I, I thought your love language was
0: Ricky. Ooh. Well,
2: that might be so. Ooh. Shout out.
0: By the way, we should change. We should change the name of our show from The Outsider's Edge to Ricky's Harem. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to. I want to talk about the All Elite Wrestling, but I want to talk about um the what? That's the name of the company, essentially All Elite Wrestling.
2: Oh, the Young Bucks
0: and yeah but I want Mama. to talk about what you're talking about um what you were talking about the argument quote unquote I had um so there was a tweet from Brian Maxwell Mann. If you don't know who Brian Maxwell man is he is a a uh, former uh WWE writer um and he uh, and he's been pretty successful in, in um you know TV and stuff like that But he did a series of tweets. And my next column, which should be out probably the day after Thanksgiving. uh, It's going to be about this, but I'm going to read the the thread, okay? And Kyle, me and you haven't talked about this. I want to get your opinion live on the air. Why the blame the fans narrative is wrong. A thread. If you look at the wrestling industry as a whole, creative has never been better. NXT is can't miss. New Japan Pro Wrestling is on fire. Lucha Underground is pushing the boundaries. Major League Wrestling is making new stars. Even Impact is delivering at the moment. Thanks to social media, it has never been easier for, for a promotion to connect with their audience and get real time feedback from them. Trends can be spotted more easily and earlier. Champa's Twitter game is a major reason he's, champ, he's NXT champ today. WWE has all the makings for another boom period. A fantastic crop of talent and unrivaled infrastructure to deliver their product. However, largely because they are a monopoly and don't feel the effects of their decisions overnight, they fumble a lot of opportunities. WWE can learn a lot from Marvel. For decades, movie studios mistreated Marvel properties because they knew better, quote-unquote, when it came to mainstream entertainment. Complex worlds were reduced to digestible stories because only nerds, quote-unquote, cared about all that stuff. Then Marvel started making their own movies. They applied the same tools that created a generation of comic book fans to the big screen and converted even more people into passionate consumers of the brand. Extending this metaphor to WWE, NXT is Marvel while the main roster is the big movie studio. Triple H has created a loyal customer base by scaling a niche product quote-unquote to the masses. Meanwhile, Vince doubled down on the idea that he knows best quote-unquote when it, when it came to the mainstream. The result of this has been the slow bleed of casual fans to other properties or just general disinterest. So, WWE is left with the hardcore audience so jaded that they look past 90% of the booking to develop direct connections with the performers because it's more believable. These takeover weekends have really exposed Vince's incompetence. Two shows, same building, same audience, and same production. One gets over and one doesn't. Keep that in mind next time someone says quote-unquote blame the fans these days. TLDR, real talk conclusion, blaming the fans for rejecting a product they do not like is some Russo shit, and you'd hope hope a publicly traded multinational company will be above that. That's real
1: heavy on hyperbole. Yep. Like, real heavy on hyperbole. Um, Because A lot of those companies aren't as can't-miss as he's making them out to be. Absolutely. Um, that's number one. Um, number two, nobody who produces a weekly episodic show should strive to be like Marvel and the retcon continuity clusterfuck that is most of their properties, um... Like, they've had to do how many special events <laughs> where they've completely reset the MCU, or, like, the the Marvel Universe?
0: Well, you talk I don't about, know, I'm not big,
1: that big of a nerd, but... You're yeah, talking really.
0: comics. I, I imagine he's speaking of Marvel, the MCU, in terms of uh, movies. Knew you knew that that's a completely retcon with the uh, next Infinity War movie? Sure, but to be fair, it's been 26 movies. So it's not like overnight. But yes, you're right. I'm just saying, like... You're right, though. You are right. Yes, comic books, comic book worlds can easily be changed. Like if Scarlet Witch got her real powers from the comics, she'd be able to just completely change reality with the blink. So, yes, that's not the best thing to. Uh, you're right, but keep
2: going. Scarlet Witch, call me so we can change reality. I'm I'm ready. I'm not living in Arkansas anymore. That's all I'm saying.
0: Make reality great again.
2: <laughs> yes, no,
0: but, but please continue if you have anything else. I want you to. I, I want to get y'all's opinions on this because you'll get my full opinions in column form. But please, anything else you got? I mean,
1: I think there's always blame to go around. Um, I I don't think it's completely fair to blame the fans for everything. But at the same time, like, let's not sit here and pretend that there haven't been shows where the fans have acted like little bitches and completely hijacked the shows. Um, So, like the fans can be real petty too. It feels like, so we, we,
2: as a matter of fact, I think the last time I was on this show, we kind of talked about this a little bit. Like I I don't, first of all, I disagree with the thread that you read out and just in general, like the fans are going to get some blame. Okay. Like you can't tell me that fans aren't fickle as fuck. We heard for, for how long that, A guy like Roman Reigns was actually disliked. People hated Roman Reigns. And then the second, the second, he's talking about having a life-threatening disease, all of a sudden, thank you, Roman. Nah. Like, and that's my problem. Like, I don't want to blame fans for everything. You should like what you like. I get it. You paid a ticket. You pay for the ticket. Enjoy yourself. If you want to chant some shit, I don't care don't be like Enzo Amore and come out in disguise oh, and like, Talk you about know,
1: of the week. Enzo Amore. Amore, yeah, that yeah,
2: but what I'm, what I'm getting at is like, you know, if you're not causing a ruckus and you're just having fun, I go to shows and you know, I boo shit and cheer for shit and have a good time, you know, but I don't, as far as the cheers and stuff go, it's fine. You bought the ticket. Fine. Do your thing. However, don't be mad when you were a part of the movement that chanted for the clock when Seth Rollins finally got his big match that everybody wanted to see, he was the main event, and all of a sudden you're going every 30 seconds. You know, do that and have fun doing that. I can live with that. But don't turn around the next day and be mad when they are like, oh, well, maybe we shouldn't go with Seth Rollins now. You know what I mean? So there's – it's it's very 50-50, I think. There's a little bit of a line there, like – there's no, you can't blame the fans for everything. That's ridiculous, you know, but you can definitely get after them for some things because they're fickle. Shayna Baszler said it the other day. The fans are fickle. You know, they just, they don't. It's it's moments more than anything else. I feel like it's more like in the moment, it's easy to get a part of that to like be a part of something. All of a sudden you hear everyone booing Ronda Rousey and you're like, yeah, boo. It's like, it's like, when your old grandparent watches Fox news and they hear about the caravan and they're like, yeah, that caravan, it doesn't affect me at all. That thing, <laughs> that that's exactly what it is, you know? So yeah. So I still have good thoughts, even though I don't watch wrestling. Go ahead.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go too, too in depth with everything. Cause I want y'all to read the column, but I'm going to give you two, two reasons why I think that, that, that entire thread is extremely short short-sighted and, and off and off the mark. First and foremost to, what, to echo what Kyle said, um, the other companies he mentioned, while largely liked by a lot of the IWC, isn't, they're not perfect. In fact, a lot of the times, those other companies make decisions that go directly against what the IWC or the diehard fans want. Number one, Johnny Gargano turning heel. Nobody wanted that. But they gave it time because they feel some type, fans feel some type of respect or this unwritten um, ability to give them the chance to tell stories that they don't give to WWE because WWE's been the king for so long. Uh, But in New Japan, uh, when we had the New Japan episode with Jeremy, all the complaints about the westernization and the Bullet Club saga, right? That's not something a lot of fans were happy about but you know what it is what it is so that's off in that because just saying that WWE is making decisions that people aren't with isn't fair when all the companies are doing it it's just WWE's getting the heat number 2 i think it's asinine to have a symbiotic relationship where the company builds the company creates stars does this Fans come to watch it, and they do their job. And for you to say one person, one party is right, all is wrong all the time, all the time, but the other party can never be right, but never, never be wrong. That's just not how science and life works. Everybody has accountability, and I hate this idea about us as a society where people want to act like they have, they don't need to have any accountability for anything they say or do. I hate that. Fans have, fans have an air of accountability, have an air of accountability for the things that they do we all do we should it is just factual so you know when shinsuke nakamura is kicking aj styles in the dick night of the night of the night of the night and you're still singing his theme song what are you expecting them to do you know what i mean when randy orton is literally rubbing the face paint off of jeff hardy and ripping his ear open and you're standing there doing the randy orton chant Or Kevin Owens is headbutting a 70-year-old man and you're saying, thank you, thank you, thank... Like, what what do you expect? We have an air of accountability. And yes, I'm not going to ever say that you should... You know, you you should swallow your voice. You shouldn't express how you feel, this, that, and the other. I'm not saying that. I'll never say that. But understand that you play a part in why things happen negatively just as much as you think you do positively. You hate... You think Ronda's you think Rhonda's uh promos have been shitty, but and Becky's promos have been great, but the same people writing the promos you know what I mean so that's my only, that's my I don't want to go too, too far deep in with that
2: No, I mean that's a good point I, th- I think you hit it pretty pretty well. We all like it's it's funny because the whole terminology, at least for WWE is the wWE universe, included in that universe is the wrestlers, the commentators, Vince McMahon, and the fans. We're all part of that, right? So it, it, it only makes sense that in any universe, everyone's actions, you know, it's, it's a, it's a summation of everything. It's all together. Yeah. I mean, you, you, everything kind of works in heart, not in harmony, but like this reaction is, you know, leads to that. It's, it's just I don't understand why there's this whole idea of like we shouldn't be like no one should ever come after us for anything.
0: Oh, it's because nobody so ever wants to be wrong.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, that's fair. I'm, I don't, I can't relate because I'm never wrong. But I get where you're coming from. So
0: you want to you want to put a boy in Kyle? Um. Yeah we can take it to we can take it to the crib. Um. Yeah. Uh. And Just for the record, I, I want to kind of reiterate the fact that All Elite Wrestling, uh, we don't know who who uh, set the, who filed for the trademark. We don't know anything about it other than the fact that it was trademarked in Jacksonville, which is where, of course, Shahid Khan and his son live. It's called All Elite Wrestling. The Elite's called The Elite. One of the shows is called uh, All Elite All Out or something like that, and the other is called Devil or Nothing. It just makes a lot of sense. That is a a potential game changer, positive or negative, if it happens. That's a billionaire joining forces with essentially the hottest group in wrestling and Chris Jericho, who is Chris Jericho, a legend. So, yeah, (laughs) as we know more, we'll talk about that more. But there's nothing really to talk about yet. I just wanted to kind of announce it. But, uh, yeah, man, y'all got anything else you want to talk about before we got here?
2: Uh, Maybe the upcoming show. That we're gonna have pretty soon in yeah. a few days.
0: Well, that's that's actually your show, so you go ahead and explain it.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna moderate some stuff. It's gonna be great. I'm looking forward to it. All right. I still don't. I don't even recall the details. I'm gonna be uh, bullshitting. It's gonna be great.
0: So you're basically gonna be you.
2: no, you're kidding. Everyone is gonna. We're gonna have the whole crew. It's gonna be Ricky and Clive. It's gonna be Kyle. It's gonna be Rance. It's gonna be me. And everyone is going to basically have their own brand. And essentially do the state of each brand, and we're going to talk about that. And kind of just, whoever has 205 Live is going to have to talk about why their brand is best. So good luck with that shit. But, you know, (laughs) whoever has Raw is in trouble as well.
0: It's essentially a mock political debate.
2: Yeah, I can't wait. I'm actually going to research terrible questions that I could ask. And I'm going to research softball questions for people I like. So Ricky is in great shape. Um,
1: he's in great shape anyway. He's got
2: NXT. That's true.
1: Yeah, that's I, true.
0: I, I guess we could tell you guys right now, but I have Raw. Kyle has Ooh. SmackDown. He SmackDown. Yeah. Ricky has NXT, and because he's Mr. 205, Rick, uh, Clyde, Brian has, uh, Clive has 205.
2: Essentially, and, uh, essentially, the Americans are getting the shaft on this one because they're in trouble, especially Rance. He's in trouble. Come on. No. Okay. Although I'll say this, 205 Live is just nah. Like uh, there's no and
1: like general manager. You, their general manager is getting AOPP chance.
2: It's a good thing that I'm not judging cuz I wouldn't even listen to 205 Live's arguments probably.
0: Y'all y'all tripping. I truly believe that 205 could win this thing. But y'all but y'all know me very, very well enough to know and I I hate this, but it's this is true. I am a I was about to say something really disparaging. I'm a I'm a really good debater.
2: Yeah, you're good. The problem is you don't have Roman Reigns anymore. Okay. So you're in trouble. That's
0: fine. And and I I don't even think
1: you can stand for the uh, Raw Tag Division. Give.
0: You'll you'll see Friday. You you to yeah. you, a, you a champion <laughs> you, <of> the <laughs> you a champion for the lucha booties. Yo, if it if it's
1: to win something, hell yeah. I, I,
2: I I'm looking forward to it because I know Rance is like looking at Raw. And he's like, God damn it! I gotta defend these motherfuckers. talking like, I did, I did know, we're talking a couple, a lot about Drew McIntyre, I think, and that maybe
0: it. I did have a couple facepalm moments when I was thinking about this. Yes.
2: Yeah, it'll be good. I'm looking forward to that though. Yeah. It'll be a fun moderation it's for the guy fun. who doesn't watch. Y'all are gonna have to convince me to watch wrestling again. That should be the name of the show: convince Carl to watch wrestling again.
1: Nobody would ever win. That's true. WWE to book Luke Harper again.
2: Yeah, someone we needed someone to just defend like just the women's division. That's it, the women of wrestling.
1: I mean, right. if we just talked to the women's division, we would have more fun because the women's division's got all the best shit right now. Yeah,
0: maybe next year we'll do divisions instead of shows.
2: That might be a yeah, just something different. Anyways, that's good. I'm looking forward to that. It's gonna be fun. Like
0: 2019, the year tag teams
1: matter again. Yeah,
2: good luck.
0: Shout, shout out to the homie Greg DeMarco for his hashtag he's doing. Save tag team wrestling. <laughs> <Hashtag>. <laughs> Save tag team wrestling.
1: Oh, gosh. Breaking my heart with the tag team wrestling.
0: And it has ebbs and flows. You were just waiting on another transcendent tag team to uh, kind of wait till the Undisputed Eric is called up, and then it's going to be a different game. I hope so. Um, well, yeah, we, get, we got here then. Uh, Kyle, tell them where they can find you, brother.
1: Find me on Twitter at Dr. S'mores.
0: Carlton.
2: <laughs> was that it? That was quick. Uh, find me on Twitter at Outsider Curvin. I tweet about things that I don't care about. Fuck you, Rance.
1: Yeah, That's okay. Now, column coming out in the next five years.
2: You know what? I've decided to stop that gimmick because it's never fucking happening, fellas. Like, If I ever write a column, I'll actually say it. I'm like I wrote one. I swear to God, it's there. Here's the link. I'll do the dots and the, the backslashes and all the.
0: Nobody's gonna believe it. Nope, they're gonna th- they're getting rolled. Nobody's gonna believe it.
2: I will get two views. You and Kyle.
0: <laughs> well, does
1: and my view because we would be checking to make sure that it's actually there. True, and then
2: you guys could verify to everyone else that it exists.
0: And I, I don't see this link. It's real. And I don't know that my view will count because normally I'm your proofreader, so I don't know if my view will count. it's true. Um you can follow me at It's Ray Cash, R E Wise Mysterio, C A S H as and Dollars. You can follow the show at Outsiders Edge S We are a proud member of the Social Suplex Network where you can find at Social Suplex with all the wonderful shows. We are also a part of the Cher Radio where you do what, Kyle?
1: Always use your head.
0: At TheChairShot.com, I also host the flagship show of Cherishot ne- Radio Network, Cherishot Radio, which we are starting to do live shows on Sunday, so holla at your boy. Um, I do write columns, actually, unlike my brethren. Um, so, I have released two columns that I'm calling the business plan columns. You can find those on Chair Shot. I should have uh, the one about this, the thread I mentioned, on Friday. Check that out. It'll be coming out soon. Um, we want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving. You know, that's coming up. That's kind of big. Uh, if you're a Cowboys fan, let me not say that because I want to keep my viewers. Yeah. Um, no, Cowboys suck. Everybody knows that. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Am I missing something else? <laughs> All right. Am I missing anything? Was that it?
2: Uh-huh.
0: No, we did everything. Um, the only
1: other thing we got to tell our viewers is that we here on the Outsider's Edge are just some Relatively young men out here doing what we can to make it in this world, and if we said anything today that you didn't like, or that you disagreed with, or that got you all up in your feelings, just remember that we're out here chasing our dreams. You've got to respect that. But if you don't, we don't give a fuck. Fuck them. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll catch y'all next week.